0: Whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, type 1 diabetes, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the 24 autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you are in the right place. As we continue to grow the HSCT warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease. Recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression. Connect through our shared experiences and advocate for an inclusive society. We are glad you've joined us. Thank you for agreeing to be part of the podcast. We're excited to talk with you. I'm going to ask you to remind me of when you were diagnosed.
1: Um, I was diagnosed of uh, February 20th of 2010, so it's coming up. It's uh, sort our of nine-year anniversary for that. Wow. Uh, yeah, diagnosis. And then my STEM birthday will be April 15th. Yeah, and I'll be headed to Chicago March 10th.
0: Because we're talking with Katie from Medina, Ohio, and you are an HSCT hopeful.
1: Correct. Yeah, like pre-testing starts March 11th, so I'm flying in March 10th. Yeah, so you get to
0: find out if your body is capable of handling everything, but you've been through the evaluation with Dr. Burt. Correct. And he thinks you're a great candidate. Yes. Are you, how do you
1: feel? I just want to get this over with. (laughs) Like, seriously, I mean, nine years with this disease and um, being, you know, in Ohio right now with this Arctic air coming in. Oh, it's ridiculous. um, Oh, a little bit. I actually, I have, so my new job that I'm now with 11 months, I have in the last two weeks, I've never been late. um, And I've never like missed or left or anything. um, Unless, you know, like a doctor's appointment that was already made. And it was, we were, you know, they were well aware of it. Um, Last week I went to go get up and like my legs just didn't want to like move and like work as fast as my brain wanted to be like okay time to go to work and oh. it's, they're like yeah no just kidding uh-huh. um, so it's pretty cold that day and then today I actually left work right after lunch and I'm like no because it was already zero and it was getting colder and and even though I'm inside I could still feel it um and then knowing like I still had to go outside to start my car I'm like no I'm I I need my legs to drive home yeah. so like even my boss was like yeah you need to go home I'm like I'm going home and I'm pretty sure I'm not working tomorrow which it's just it's upsetting because I only have like six weeks left at work anyways but they're very understanding because I haven't so, so yeah I just I'm I just want to like I've never thought in my life I would be excited to like go and do something <laughs> like it's chemotherapy like and I'm excited. (laughs) It's kind of like mixed emotions. I, I don't even know if it's mixed. It's like I'm genuinely excited. Like I just want to get this done. That's
0: fascinating to me that you are so excited. Like, where did your research start? And how did you come to find out about HSCT?
1: Okay, so my really good friend, Anna, she is a HSCT warrior. And she's also in Medina, that story backs almost eight years ago um, when I relapsed and she was still a physical therapist at the time. Um, I met her in the hospital and, you know, I'm talking and talking and she's like, well, you know, I have MS and I'm like, but you look so normal. And she's like, I hate to tell you, honey, so do you. I mean, not at the moment, but you're in hospital bed. So, I mean, it clicked, we became friends. So two years ago she got it done. She knew about it. I think Like, she did some research for, I don't know how long it was, and she knew about it, and she talked to me about it, but then obviously I knew that she was going, and, um, you know, I went and saw her before she left, and we talked about it, and I did research, and to be honest with you, it had nothing to do with, like, I have never been scared to get the procedure done I know there's plenty of people that have you know what I mean that and it is it's scary it's but to me it's just not I can explain why but I did the research um, having Anna and honestly now a family that has gotten it done I have Kelsey uh, Chelsea and Carrie and uh, Bonnie and um, we were all like interviewed with the news and the newspaper locally here um, in Ohio, and so we're definitely wanting to get the word out. But the thing that stopped me was insurance. because oh. that's what stopped me. Um, because at the time, I, like I didn't have insurance. And who I worked for, like I made too much money and then like to actually pay for insurance was astronomical because I already had a current condition um, and it wasn't provided to my job at the time. So I was just like, I'm never going to be able to. And then I'm like, how can I be away from home for so long? That was like my second thing. Cause I was just like, you know, yay, Anna, this is awesome. Yay for you. But that's just not for me. And it was generally because of insurance purposes. But then a year after and I got hers done, came Chelsea. She's also in Medina. Mm. And she had to self-fund the whole entire amount. So when I saw somebody do that, and I was like, oh, I guess it is possible. I was like, okay. So that's when I dug more into the research and like exactly what they do. And Um, you know how long the stay is and whatnot and it was actually the the same day uh, it was July 6th of 2018 was my last Ocrevus infusion that was the MS medication that I was on get it once every six months and I just was like it was like a light switch went off And I said, now that I had my new job, I started in March of 18, I was like, I'll be here for a couple years. And, you know, with now that I have insurance, you know, I'll I'll give it two years and then I'll, I'll go for HSCT. Sure. Just trying to time it. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know, I'll just, you know, new job. Don't want to, you know, leave within a year and blah, blah, blah. and So, but it was like, okay, I got my insurance. And then to me, it's just like, it's not in my timing, it's in God's timing. And I was like, okay, well, I'll start praying about it again. I already know all about it now. And, uh, you know, I need a sign. I need a clear cut sign that I need to just put my email in and, or how to ask Anna how to do it. And the day that I came home from my infusion, I um, went outside to take my dogs out and I have like a sunroom like porch attached to my house and it's enclosed, There's like a window that's open or broken or just missing. So once in a very blue moon, like I even had a bird in there one time. It was funny. There was a blue butterfly, (laughs) like a blue smack dab, ginormous butterfly. We don't have blue butterflies here. Mm. Um, We have monarchs and stuff. And that's like a thing for me. And I was like, oh, okay. So on the last day of my Ocrevus infusion was the day that I decided, okay, I'm going to contact Anna. She was actually with me and I, for my infusion at the hospital. And, um, that's basically what it was. It was just like, okay. And once I do something and the way that my mindset is like, I'm just going to put the email in and this is what I'm doing. And we'll just go from there. I'm, there's no like thinking about it after that. So the moment I sent the email, I was contacted within hours and, but I also dropped the Anna bomb in my application more or less because they love her. And I think it's because they recognize the name. I think I had a little bit of an advantage. Um,
0: It's very possible.
1: Yeah, it was, it, it really was. I was very grateful for that. And, um, so they contacted me within hours and then I got all my, everything they needed within two days they say, what, two to three weeks or something like that. And after two to three weeks, we'll contact you. Well, they contacted me within days. Wonderful. And then, then it was like, Dr. Burt wants to see you for an evaluation. And then I actually ended up going for my evaluation with Anna and my mom. Oh, it was really that's
0: cool. so great. She went with you.
1: Yes, she did. <laughs> so.
0: And so you feel 100% in, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. And ready to get on with it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was, it's definitely, it's, people think the hardest part is getting accepted. I mean, it's, it's hard. Again, I had an advantage, let alone, I dropped Anna in my letter. I brought her with me (laughs) and he loves her. Right. So, so he actually offered it to me right then and there after, you know, seeing me and whatnot. And then I had to go see Dr. Babanoff, the neurologist, um, And then, you know, they start the paperwork and then they put the thing in for the insurance. And so we did. We started fundraising here and there and not knowing if insurance would approve it or not. So at first the insurance came back and they said, yeah, we're not approving anything until you get pretesting done now. So then we were scrambling. So I got accepted in September. And when we went, it was Anna's wedding anniversary. It was ridiculous. Uh I was like, Anna like can, I will switch she's like no right, this right. is the perfect day for you tim understands he'll send me flowers which he did amazing <laughs> yeah so i was like i kind of argued with her for days over she goes we just schedule the evaluation i'm like okay so i um they put it in and they came back and they said okay we want pretesting and then i was like okay scrambling to get like flights or something or trying to get there and then within 24 hours all of a sudden my nurse called me back and they're like they denied it i go denied what she's like everything and I was like hold on a second so they go and say we're not approving this until we get pre-testing and then some unfortunate soul that did not read properly saw that my insurance doesn't even cover clinical trials period end of discussion so they took away like no I don't even care about the pre-testing we're not approving this to begin with I don't care if you're perfectly healthy to get it done so that was a roller coaster the approval is definitely a roller coaster. I have a um, a girl that we met there that she got accepted the same day and we became Facebook friends and we keep in touch and she's still fighting to get approved. Right. So and we actually have the same insurance, different states. So, so did
0: you end up getting insurance approved?
1: Yes. Basically, like Merry Christmas all of a sudden I, I across my phone because Reagan's in my phone, my nurse, and it's, you know, it says HSCT Reagan. I'm like, why is Reagan calling me? And she's like, Hey, Hey, Catherine, how you doing? And I'm like, Hey, what's going on? And she's like, well, you know, I just want to call and see how you're doing and just let you know, you know, we're good to go and everything's approved. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I go, what do you mean it's approved? She goes, well, it's approved. So we can actually like, you know, put your dates in. And I'm like, like 100% approved like they can't take it back. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. Well, yeah,
0: my insurance I was approved. that excited. And I was what, like, yeah. What? They denied they changed their mind a week later and I'm still fighting and it's been almost 2 years.
1: Oh, yeah, no. See, that's See, that's why I was like cuz as soon as they said they can't take it back, she goes, "Oh no, it's in black and white." Like, awesome. no. So, yeah, and I, wait, it was it was an approval letter and they faxed it to me and then obviously my insurance mailed it to me too and I was like freaking out. Like, this is a, like, I was excited. I was genuinely excited. Well, yeah. I think it's, it's when you do your research on HSCT and really get involved in the, honestly, the family or community pro, more or less, um, you know, it's just, you have such like a closure and a peace. At least this is me. And it's like, I'm just like, I just want to get it done because <laughs> I'm, you're, I'm tired of feeling like this. Right. I'm tired of like feeling like I'm 90 years old. I'm tired of waking up and realizing what well, the temperature is outside before I even go before
0: outside. Before you even go outside. Yeah. Your body yeah. knows.
1: Because I know. Right. So,
0: so yeah. I really hope everything continues to go well through testing.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. So I'll be going, I'm flying with my mom. Pre-testing is 11th, 12th and 13th of March. And then we are coming home for a couple days because um, I have to go out and fly back out on March um, 17th because 18th is mobilization date. Um, and that I could tell you. The one thing, so I watched some YouTube videos and like like a, a, the pick line and, a, and the, the uh, VASCAF thing. Sure, in right. So I was watching the pick line and someone walks by my desk at work and they're like, oh! <laughs> what are you watching i'm like i want to know like i'm the kind i'm the type of person where i want to see it because i won't watch it being done to myself so right I but was you like can prepare i want to watch your, it right you can prepare yourself right and know that it goes all the way to the heart and i'm like okay she's like why are you watching i'm like I'm watching the vast calf next she's like oh my god so the pick line didn't scare me what actually as soon as they and i can watch open heart surgery i'm i'm that type of medically it doesn't bother me to watch it but then knowing that i'm getting it done to myself like i can watch open heart surgery and get open heart surgery But for some reason the, that is the one thing Is the vast calf. That is like okay <laughs> Can you just knock me out
0: for that <laughs> like- And they can't they need you to I know. be awake and they, I know it's interesting. They monitor you the whole time. Right. And like, yep. I had to keep my head turned and just stare at like a supply shelf and it's really,
1: yeah. See, I'm going to recommend if I have to stare at a supply shelf, I'm going to recommend <laughs> like, you know, we're women. So what, what happens when we, you know, well, they got hip with it, at least mine here after years. When you're at the, you know, the female doctor and you're there and you're looking up at the ceiling. Well, now, and even in MRI machines, they put like really pretty pictures on top of the ceilings now or like mosaic pieces. There you go. Yeah. So with this VastCath thing, you need to put something pretty next to me because I'm not looking at no shelf.
0: (laughs) Maybe, yeah, maybe see if you can take something that you would prefer to look at with you. Exactly. Hang it on the wall or hang it over that supply shelf. Like an
1: elephant or puppies or babies. (laughs) or something (laughs) a field of flowers yeah so my vascaf and everything that's the 18th of march so that's you know all that that's mobilization it'll go well it'll go so well
0: it'll be over before you know it it really the vascaf really is less uncomfortable i think than the pick line I don't really something Well,
1: I mean, yeah. I'm, the I'm vein, sure. well, the
0: vein is larger. And so the pick line in your yeah, arm, man,
1: but it is your vascular vein. Like the fact that I know what that is, yeah. I really wish that I didn't.
0: Well, like I, I mean, th- they they are amazingly I professional. Know. And do it all day long.
1: So your pick line, you didn't like your pick line? Well, my
0: veins are small and they were jumping. So oh. it was it was at least a half an hour of them <gasps> wrestling oh. with just trying well, to get everything to calm down. It's not that it hurt. It was just the weird pressure and you wanted it to be over. And at that half hour mark, you're like, okay, they really should be done by now. And everybody's different and everyone's veins are different. mine just happened to be tiny and Squirmy. So I thought I was doing my calm breathing and in a very calm place, but uh, yeah. something up with my veins. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, my veins better cooperate over we're going to have a big argument. <laughs> <laughs> and that's
0: the whole, like, you know, as much as you want to try to control everything, uh, there, it just doesn't work that way. You just have I to know. release all control and all expectation and just yeah. show up and um, show up with that positive mindset that it's all going to work out. Exactly. So, I'm curious, why was it important for you to participate in the podcast?
1: Um, well, when you approached me about it, I definitely felt privileged because everybody that you do interview has already had it done. So, since I've been accepted and since this journey started for me, obviously, yes. Fundraising is should be the person's number one priority, even when accepted, because you still, if, you know, unless you're a fortunate citizen that has enough savings to stay in Chicago and be at home and out of work and blah, 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 then great.
0: Right. There are Um, a lot of added expenses.
1: Right. So uh, my passion through this whole thing has really been getting the word out there. Um, I have been on the news twice and they came to my home, did a full interview with me and Anna, Chelsea, Carrie and Bonnie. Nice. And then um, I was in the newspaper here, like a local Medina Gazette newspaper and some lady at Bill Doherty Kia of Medina, which is a huge dealership, like just walked over. Her name's Charlie. She walked into the owner's office, Shay, and he's she's like, we need to do something about this and starts riling off a bunch of ideas. And he's like, I got a better idea. And they actually ended up auctioning a car. Wow. Um, and everything went to me. And then here the news was there. So it was, yeah, it's been... That's
0: fantastic. Like,
1: yeah, like granted, it was awesome. Like, I mean, I got a $6,000 check handed to me. Like it was nuts. But I was more like, and then here the the person that bought it was another dealership. And then like his mom was diagnosed a year ago. Oh my gosh. She's a little older. Yeah. So it's just like, it's it's been a very meaningful journey for me that hence my whole Katie's Hope journey to end her MS like it's been a journey and so to do the podcast and whoever will be listening to this that has you know doing their research and comes across the website or the blog or you know what I mean and here's this specific one it's just to know that should I or shouldn't I it's an email do you know how many people have messaged me? Right. Instagram, Facebook, emailed me saying they all have MS. I actually have a couple girls that I am helping send the email, and I didn't even get it done yet. So that's why it means something to me to do the podcast before. I think it's great that everybody's interviewed afterwards, 100%, because it's, you know, they know what to say and what they went through and, you know, how the recovery is and stuff like that. And I do, I feel very privileged and blessed that you asked me to do it beforehand. And then if we do another one afterwards, like, absolutely, you know, you know what I mean? Like we want to know how you do. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so well, like That's yeah. the whole
1: point of how you started it. So,
0: right. Well, it, it's family, right? And it is family. It's great to be able to talk with someone that's hopeful to be receiving such a A life-changing experience and to be sharing your journey along the way offers so much hope and inspiration to so many out there. And it's just, it's great to talk with you and capture your story. So thanks for being a part of it and sharing with us.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, well, and I'm curious to know, even other hopefuls, I'm sure, if they are struggling with fundraising, if you have any specific strategies that have worked for you, just Um, kind of your overall approach to making it happen.
1: Well, honestly, if they can, the, the HSCT page for Chicago is a great outlet. For let alone ideas and just people that veterans and people that are currently fundraising. Yes, it saddens me, and it's because I was a cut co- like a couple people that are like, I just don't like asking for money. I've been there. That's really I didn't want to do it. Yeah, I didn't want to. Like, trust me, I get it. And if you like, can find one person that can do something like even you know, my GoFundMe page and stuff like that, like the letter that was written is portrayed by my sisters. Was it fully written by my sisters? No, <laughs> it was not. And, and I can guarantee you that the most of the letters, like you, because I'm the one going through it, I'm the one that did the research. Naturally, I had to explain things to them and stuff. Right, it was like a right. group effort Oh yeah, that but it was like, it just, it was a little bit of um, advice from, I don't remember who, make sure like the, the very first introduction, like it looks like it's from your sisters. And I'm like, okay, you know, it, it's just something. And I, so I have someone that is um, accepted and insurance is still denying it and they're fighting it and they're trying to fundraise. And they keep telling me that they don't, and they're not in the same state as me, that they don't have anyone. And I'm like, you have yourself. And if you truly don't have anyone in your family, a sister, a brother, I know she's married, but anybody that you feel comfortable starting something for you, do it yourself. Just do it and don't look back. And it was really just a persistent thing. I must have contacted every local news station here, which is four. If you go on your local news station's websites and just do your research via Facebook, message them. And it's not harassing. Like, I'm not saying no, every yeah. day I'll no. Like a one-time thing, but make sure you hit them all up. And um, Bonnie, one of my HSCT sisters mm-hmm. that did the interview with me for Fox 8 here, and has become a very dear friend of mine as well. So she um, had her local newspaper where she lives in Ohio do a thing about her. So she, she told me about it. I was bold enough to be like, can you contact the Gazette for me? It's just one less thing that I have to do. And she did. Now, did she, I don't know how if she emailed, if she called, but I got a call from a reporter. And we talked for about, I don't know, a half hour on the phone and the next day, my very large photo was on the front page in the newspaper and that's when donations started just flooding in for a week straight. I was driving to work and he was across I do not recommend putting your emails on notifications on when this happens. Oh right. Especially right. when you're driving. Like I had someone that lives a couple cities away, never met him. Story touched him. No MS in the family at all whatsoever. He donated $1,500. Like it it, it was, and it came across my phone as I was driving at like 7.30 in the morning. And I'm like, I need to turn my phone off. (laughs) People want to help. They do. They definitely, definitely do. So, and then it's discouraging to me. I have a friend via Facebook that has been fundraising for two years. It's frustrating because we have spoken on, you know, Messenger and whatnot. I think she's not like throwing in the towel, um, but like just giving it a rest for, cause she's been trying to fundraise for two years, but she's also like a military family. Um, and I love her to death. I don't even know her, but I do, you know what I mean? You just do at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, you connect with people in a different kind of a way when you're in the HSCT world.
1: Yeah, you really, really do. I was, you know, when Anna was telling me, it's a family, and I'm like, okay, yay, and no, it really is. Yeah. Now that you're in it.
0: <laughs> yep. And yep, you know, they- we have the weird uncles that we don't really like talking to, and yeah, the and favorite cousins, we, and
1: yep, we we all come out of the woodwork and like, oh, another one's accepted. Let's go. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it is. It's a family, and I, I like, and I wasn't, you know, Anna's very. um we're very like we talk and we're excited. We talk with our hands and we're loud and and it's just like that's when she's like, no, you don't understand. It's like one big family. Like we're a family, and I'm like, why well, no? We're a family, and she's like, no, you and I'm and at first I was kind of like, well, I don't really need that in my head, you know what I mean? Like I have sure, you, right, right. But when it happened, and especially like when I met some people while I was there, and it's like you just it's in it's an insta family. It really is. I'm not joking. You know.
0: Uh, Yeah, I do. It's amazing, really. It is. It's good to know you. It's good to be in family with you. Agreed. So I'm curious about the actual real family that you have. Is there any cost to them as you embark on this journey?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I have a very large family. Um, Me and my husband, we have a son together. But all together, there are seven children. So they're all grown besides ours. Our Vinny is only 11. He'll be 12 in June. Um, that has probably been the most like, I don't not, like difficult to the point of as much as I want my husband with me, I do not want our son without two parents for one day because Vinny's not a baby. He knows what I'm going to do. And just the fact that yesterday or the day before he was or last week, he was telling me he said some lady's name at school. And I'm like, am I supposed to know who that is? Like, I he's got a couple his main teacher and a couple teachers. I'm like, I don't like, I'm like, is that the guidance counselor? So here, because the whole school knows she just felt the need to pull Vinny into her office and, you know, just see how he was doing.
0: Oh, good, good, good.
1: Yeah. So, but it hit me and I'm like, that's exactly why I don't, unless he comes with him for a weekend, like after the trance, you know what I mean? Like as I'm recovering or, you know, not mobilization, like as much as I want my husband there for mobilization, like I told him no, and I will have my mom and my sister. And I, that's, it's hard. It, it's definitely going to be hard for me to be away from my family for that long. But the fact of the matter is, is it's not about that. It's about the end game. It's the fact that I'm getting my life back. I'm going to be able to play basketball with my son. I'm going to be able to do things that I haven't been able to do because I've been deteriorating for nine years. So when people have doubts and cost like even financially because first of all just get you some Jesus if you don't that's number one because that's just my thing (laughs) so and the (laughs) fact that I have the faith to know that my house will be standing and I have a large family and God's always got my back and my family it's just it's definitely worth the heartache of being away from your children or your husband or wife or significant other because you're getting your life back and here's another thing if there's ever because I now know um in the recent months realized that I I don't know if I didn't realize or I didn't just want to like listen to that part like sometimes it doesn't work right and I now I've seen people because I've seen some posts like guess I'm the one you know where it didn't work or whatever I would do it again And I would do this again, even if it didn't work. Because I've personally been through a handful of medications and I'm done. And the fact that now JAMA has published so the research findings. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It is coming. It is. And this was going to rock the world of the drug industry for multiple sclerosis and hopefully (laughs) get it out of business. Those drugs are crap.
0: What drugs have have you tried?
1: Um, Started on Copaxone And then I went to I don't remember what I went to So Copaxone, Methotrexate, Gelania Tectophora, Ocrevus I think I'm missing one That's five, but yeah, maybe six
0: Well, and so going back to Just the hesitation or the Heartbreak or how hard It will be to be away from your family For so long, it it feels like forever When you're there And then when you get home It is like a blink of an eye and all of a sudden you realize like, oh, wow, that really went by fast. And yeah, I'm already home again, like the day to day, each moment in each day seem like forever. And then suddenly you're home and it's almost like you don't feel ready to be home. You are ready to be home, but you're not ready to be released from constant supervision and so I get it. there's that hesitation but then you settle into being home and it's good to be home and then you start making your way into your new way of being and it's all part of the journey in it and it is heartbreaking but at the same time keeping your eye on the big picture that you're getting yep. your life back that's that's what to hold on to so good good for you for figuring that out well before even going in
1: yeah, I'm trying <laughs> It's not, yeah, it's not easy, right?
0: It's, it's No All mm-hmm. of this is a tough, tough journey And that, I mean, that's we are warriors
1: Yes,
0: 100% You, you sound pretty I prepared what, I try to be Yeah, well, and uh, I mean, it's great that you've made such close friends with Anna And she's prepared you And in many ways, it sounds like So what about people that don't have an Anna what could you offer yeah. as advice to anyone? <laughs> Get you one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you find a nana. I've actually become a nana to a couple. So it's definitely um, humbling. But again, like I said before, I believe like I have someone that I've just been giving advice. And sometimes they're, it just I do. I'm not I don't sound like I feel like they're not taking it. Or I'm, I don't believe them that they don't have anybody. Like, she, like I know she has a sister. But I just feel like she's really at that point where the... Um, not embarrassed, but it is. But you feel embarrassed about fundraising. Like, I don't know anybody who likes to ask for money mm, when it comes no. to this. Unless you're a con artist. I mean, then more power right, to you. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately. But um, honestly, it's it's when, when you can't find an Anna that... You just you need to take the reins. this is your life, and it's something that you need to understand if you're knowledgeable enough about the disease, unfortunately that you've been diagnosed with for m s that it's not gonna get any better and like I said, I'm a year shy of a decade, and I can't even I can't even wrap my head around that that I have been living with this. For almost just shy of nine years
0: what have you What have been some of your worst symptoms
1: <laughs> well for two years because I was that pissed off at medication from 14 to 15 I went on no meds and the reason why I, I say from because I had a full-blown relapse in 14 in October And then they gave me all these brochures, picking medication. I read everything from top to bottom, left to right, front to back and the side effects and everything. And I said, I can't do this. And I didn't take any meds again for another year, had a full bone relapse again in September of the following year of 15. And what one of those felt like was, um, razor blades on every inch of my body on my left side. And that you were pouring alcohol in it, like cuts of razor blades on my skin.
0: Severe pain, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And when I was first diagnosed, um, I can honestly say that those relapses were worse. And that's because they ended up, the lesions that I'm going into my neck. I think I have about four of them in my neck now, four to six or whatever. So here... And that happened again, and the following one, like it felt like razor blades. But my initial attack happened on my right side. I had symptoms all over my body, but I'm constantly numb on my right, and that never remitted. So the l- relapsing remitting. Um, luckily, the razor blade feeling went away, but I have patches of skin. On my right side, that are con- my bottom of my right foot's constantly numb. There's a patch by my elbow that's constantly numb. And when I'm hot or pissed or whatever or humid outside, it intensifies. Um, Does it
0: feel like there's super glue? Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Over your skin. And like, you just, yeah. like, you can't, I kept trying to describe that to people and they'd be like, what, you, I don't understand what you Yeah, mean. like. No,
1: that kind of makes sense actually. <laughs> like it, it feels like it's, yeah, sometimes it does that. And like then, there's um,
0: layers between what you know you should be feeling, but you yeah. can't feel it. And
1: Yep. Yeah. I like to hear the, like the, the explanation sometimes of, you know different people and and yeah that's what i've in nine years i've never heard that and i've always tried to explain in my head I know what I'm yeah. saying. And like, I like that the super it's, glue. It's, it's
0: not just numbness. It's like
1: No, it's not just numbness. It's definitely like a super glue. It, yeah, it totally is. Oh so well <laughs> when I too.
0: used like when I used to shave my legs, like mm-hmm. it, it was weird because I couldn't feel the razor on my leg, even nope. though like I knew until it was touching. until you cut it really good. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so um
1: and then sometimes when I did cut it and the water didn't hit it yet, I actually didn't feel it. Until a sudden, there's like a oh, pool of yeah, blood yeah. in the bottom of this. I'm like, oh damn, I cut myself and I didn't feel it yet. Well, if you're and lucky like me, hits,
0: that's yeah. one of those invisible symptoms that should go away.
1: Good. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. I'm I'm really hoping that it's just, um, you know, I'm gonna be completely healed. Where I, the one thing that I do, and I told my mom this: if you take your index finger and your thumb. And if you do this with me while you're on the phone, rub your finger together. Like if you're getting something off your finger, if you're rubbing and yeah, rub yeah. like in a circular motion. So I'm doing that right now with my left hand. Now I'm doing it with my right. It feels, comp- it feels numb. It feels completely different. And the one thing that I have prayed about with HSCT is that the moment that I start being healed and cured in my mind and soul and body. Is I can finally do that with my right hand after nine years, and that's going to feel the same as my left, and the numbness will be gone.
0: It's just my finger. That's All I want. It's very <laughs> Anywhere possible. Anywhere else, whatever.
1: I know it is. It definitely is, and I'm definitely hopeful for that. So, but yeah, you just got to keep pushing forward. Like you, if you don't have somebody, you you have to be your own advocate. I mean, you have a voice. Use it.
0: I love that. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for using your voice and for advocating for others and, and partnering up to help inspire other hopefuls. I'm happy to. So what about a superpower that you've gained that maybe will help carry you through this the rest of this journey?
1: That I gained or will gain?
0: Well, maybe that you have discovered in yourself that you didn't know about before that will carry you through? Mm. Now you're
1: asking the tough question.
0: Um. <laughs> well, it's that whole, like, you know, I never thought I'd be able to something, but all of a sudden now you have that something and it's what's keeping you motivated or keeping you strong or keeping you focused? Well, I
1: mean, here's, here's the thing with me is, I mean, I'm a Christian and I have been for a very long time. So it's not something that I didn't, you know what I mean? Like know that I, or it's, it's something I've always had. So for me, it's just, you know, my strength and my walk with God has gotten significantly stronger Um, and I think that has a lot, I know it has a lot to do with my confidence and wanting to advocate for people to, you know, to just look into it or get the word out there. And you know what I mean? I mean, just the little news thing and the, and the papers, I've probably have spoken to honestly 20 people. And to me, if it was one person, it was worth it. Sure. So Honestly, just my faith um, in God and and my walk with him has just, it's just gotten really strong and it's just given me the confidence to do things that I, I wouldn't say wouldn't have done or never would have done. I just wouldn't have done it to that extreme, if that makes sense.
0: It does. And okay. I, and I think that you'll soon find comfort with the idea of the VASCath.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah, it will definitely be. If your that's, faith, if
0: your faith is that strong, it will. It is.
1: Uh, it, it no, it is. And I, and that's where, and I, you know, and I kind of, I've been, like I said, I've been praying about, it, like, okay, God, you just, can you just take the fear away? Just can we just not think about this right now? Just you know, it'll be fine, and that's it. It and will be just, fine. I know. <laughs> you just
0: trust that these people do this every day, all day long.
1: I know. I know.
0: And they know what they're doing. Yes, they do. Especially at Northwestern. I mean, they are just phenomenal. So is there anything that you're grateful for about your experience so far that has gone unspoken?
1: Mm, Not that has gone unspoken in in our interview, no, because I'm just, I'm beyond grateful for Anna that, we've been friends for eight years and she had the courage to get it done first, um, that she's opened me up to this family. I've met so many women and men. Um, we've made that a point in a couple of interviews that we've done. Cause you always see all these women. And I'm like, it's for men too. I promise they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're my brothers. So it's just, that's definitely, um, what I'm definitely grateful for. And again, If you feel or you really truly are alone in this with no actual help from your actual friends or family, this is your friends or family. So you just need to reach out and you know what I mean? Get on the page, the podcast page, the HSCT Chicago page, the HSCT fundraising page, and ask the questions. You know what I mean? Because that is what we're here for is to answer them.
0: Absolutely. Supporting Mm -hmm. each other all along this journey. Yes. So I'm just really excited for you and for next month to come. And now I can't wait (laughs) for it to get here already.
1: That's what's funny when you said, like you you said, when you're there, you feel like it's forever. And then when you're discharged, like I remember um, one of the girls, her name just slipped my mind. She's from California. We became friends throughout the whole journey, her getting accepted Um, and I honestly, when the, when you follow it on Facebook, I feel like they're there for a week and they're done. And I'm like, wait, you're going home? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But you could see the excitement. And I, so I actually, I like that you said that because I never really, that hasn't been said to me before. Like you feel like when you're there and maybe it won't happen for me, but I get it. And I'm glad I heard it out loud. Like it feels forever. And when you go home at first, you're, you're excited to go home, but you don't want to go home because you're not being monitored every day. Right. But that day, like she was like, get me out of here. I'm so excited. But then all of a sudden I'm sure the moment she walked out that door is what you said, like, crap. Yes.
0: It's like, I'm oh my gosh, home. I have to what, do what this by myself. What if I
1: spike a fever? <laughs> what <Yeah>. if I, <laughs> right?
0: yeah, because it's, I get it. I mean, you're literally for the first few days, it feels like every 20 minutes and it's maybe every two to three hours that somebody's sure. in your room checking on you, but it is, yeah, Constant. And that becomes your routine. Like I, I sleep trained myself so that every morning in the middle of the night, I would wake up at 225, which Mm -hmm. was just enough time to get up and go to the bathroom and get back in bed, adjust my bed so I could sit up, open my box of Cheerios, make sure I had my water, get cut nice and comfy back under the covers. And then at two 30, my nurse would walk in hook me up to whatever IV. (laughs) Yeah. Like my body just knew you want to eat something while you're while these antibiotics are pumping through your body and you're going to be awake anyway. So you might as well make yourself comfortable. And before you get comfortable, you might as well go to the bathroom. So like my body just trained itself. And then all of a sudden you don't have that constant monitoring it's more towards the end, like the last two three days.
1: Now, when you when you went home, like the first and second night, I'm sure your body woke up at that time. But I feel like I'm gonna wake up, and be like, "Crap, Absolutely. where am I?"
0: Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. because you. I mean, you do. You train your brain, trains itself, and your body trains itself. My
1: brain trains itself in the three days that I'm admitted to a hospital for the IV steroids, and because the ner- you know, they take your blood pressure and your vitals. Every, um, well, here's the thing. The last time I was an inpatient for steroids was a few years ago. And Medina actually didn't want to take me because at the time they got rid of their neurolog- their neurological unit. So there wasn't a neurologist in the actual hospital. They wanted to transfer me all the way to Cleveland, which for me was a 55 minute ambulance ride. Goodness, I'm like, no, no thank you. I'm like, listen, it's 3,000 milligrams of IV steroids. I've done this 15 times before. I promise you I'm not going to die. Just hook it up. So they were doing my vitals. Honestly, it was every hour, every two hours. And I would just, they, you know, they're like, they come in like quite as quiet as possible. And I'm like, Here. and I would just hold my arm up with awake. my eyes closed. <laughs> Here you go. You know what I mean? And they started laughing. After a while, because they, I knew my body just woke up and my arm was already out before they clicked the light on.
0: So I get it. Yeah, well, and that's that's exactly it. And then mm-hmm. you realize by the end of it that you can finally get some sleep and some rest. And that's nice because you don't rest a lot for the first at least week plus.
1: I'm sure. Do you have dogs or pets? I do have a dog, yes. Okay, so when you got home, for, first of all, what kind of dog do you have?
0: She is a Catahoula healer and she loves to run. She's 30-ish pounds. and I Okay, just, so like a medium-sized dog. Yeah, I kept my distance from her just because. But I know people, and Dr. Burt has even said, like, if it's your pet, it's fine. As long as it's not a new pet.
1: No, it's not. No, So I have boxers. And they're both 80 pounds. And my first question is, did your dog know who you were when you got home? Yes, yes. Okay. I was really worried about that. I know, I don't know if that sounds stupid. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like at I'm all. gone for two weeks and then I'm home for a few days. And then I'm going to be gone for like two and a half weeks again and three, almost three. And it's like, I genuinely was worried that, uh, but they listen to me. Like they know when I'm not, like the days when my legs wouldn't move, Chong was over me in the bed, head, nose touching my nose, like, Mom, are you okay? I'm like, yes, Chong, mm-hmm. I'm fine, but yeah. I'm going to need you to move. So I'm just like, I know, what like, the day that I do come home, the, even after mobilization, and then when I finally come home, um, that I do need them to keep their distance because I don't want to be jumped on, and Chong will jump. Yeah. he will probably just pee all over the floor <laughs> because he's so excited.
0: Yeah, you just don't want to fall uh, because you're levels um, right platelet levels will still be low and so the last thing you want to do is fall and cause internal bleeding that's the big concern so
1: okay so they, make sure the dogs are put away and I'm actually sitting or laying down before. yes
0: that would be okay. a good idea especially okay. when you first I just
1: wanted home. to make sure my dogs were going to know who I was oh they'll <laughs> know
0: who you are and they'll notice they'll know to keep their distance and to be cautious like you say the one will jump but I bet I bet well, it we'll, well here's better. the thing
1: when he knows well, he knows when I'm not feeling well and he sits real pretty and I'm like, all right. And I go real nice and I pat my shoulders and he it's almost like he floats in midair and <laughs> I'm five, six and he's and he actually can put his paws over my I shoulders. Bet. Yeah, yeah. But he does it so gentle, like he comes up on his hind legs and goes, Okay, I'm giving you a hug now. And Aww. he comes up real he's like he's like a big cuddly bear. Yeah,
0: I used to have a Roddy that was eighty five pounds. Oh, and he did the same so thing. Cute. They will understand and they will know to be gentle and keep their distance. Okay. Do you have other questions for me?
1: Um I think I'm good.
0: I think you're good too.
1: Okay. You you you
0: seem very prepared and very. um... I
1: actually see. This is the thing. I feel like, and I actually wrote a bunch of stuff down. I mean, I am like stupid organized and prepared when it comes, and I'm not like that in my whole entire life. I'm not that person. You know what I mean? That I'm organizing everything, but when I know I need to be, like I have all this paperwork. Like, okay, so when you do mobilization, and then you're finally in that in the hotel. Then you wait a couple of days or whatever it is, and then you start taking your Neuprogen shots. I know to wake up, set my alarm for 630, take the shot out, because according to Anna, you don't want to shoot up with a cold because that sucks.
0: Correct. And take at your Claritin at that point. Yep.
1: Take it out. Pop a Claritin, which I've already start building up in my system now. I take one every day now. Wait a half hour. Uh, take the shot, eat a yogurt, go back to bed. I'm like, and I can't go back to bed. She's like, oh well, you might because of the chemo. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it's like, like those things. And then the one another thing I saw recently in the last couple of weeks about the bone pain um, from the nutrition shot was like heating pads.
0: I didn't know that. Yes. Well, yeah. I took an electric blanket and I would yeah, sit I'm gonna in the get one of those. It. I'd sit in the yep. middle of it and wrap it around my body and just melt into it, and then that would wear off. And so then I'd take a walk and that honestly, it was the best thing to do. Uh, I don't know if you're staying, staying at the Hampton,
1: Yep. but you, Oh yeah.
0: The gym is on the top floor and it's very quiet and it has a phenomenal view. Like just sitting, my mom
1: went up there when we were doing um, about uh, the evaluation. She took a video cause my husband's afraid of heights. Great. Okay. So keep moving and electric yes, blanket. Yes. Okay. Even if you
0: just walk the hallway, take the elevator down and walk the, you know, around the lobby area where you can get the coffee and snacks. Now, how bad stuff. was your bone pain? It was pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the more I moved, the better it felt, and I don't move very well. I just found copaiba oil, and okay, just two days ago started putting that. No, yesterday, just started putting that on to help with spasticity, and it's been phenomenal. Okay. So that's awesome. It's huge. I I wish I would have known about it sooner. Right. Um, So anyway, uh, walking was not the easiest for me to do, despite the pain. Um, But I forced myself to like go up to the gym and just sit on the bike for even 15 minutes and just get everything moving, getting things flowing and circulating really helped. Okay, and then we'd go back down, I'd wrap myself back in the blanket again. So yeah, we kind of just watched a lot of documentaries and
1: shit. oh yeah, I'm I'm already getting I'm I'm going to rewatch Grey's Anatomy for the 10th time or maybe 50th to be honest with you while I'm there. <laughs> that is my plan.
0: We'll stick with what you know and what makes you happy, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's an that's an important thing too. You got to ease your psyche and just pamper yourself and treat yourself well.
1: I'm glad to know about the tip about walking.
0: Oh my gosh. It was just, it was the only thing really that helped. I didn't take any of the, whatever the major drug is that they give you. That's highly addictive. I just, Oh, I'm
1: not taking no pain meds.
0: No, I stuck with Tylenol and electric blanket. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal really.
1: They do. They do give the option to prescribe you a pain medication.
0: Yeah. And I think they even give you a few and they give you a prescription to fill later. Um, I well, never because you it.
1: have to take, yeah. Cause you take, um, let alone, you take what the new shots for five days and then you get the, um, well, you get
0: more at the hospital when you're inpatient. Yes. And at that time, the bone pain was not nearly as bad, maybe because my body already had it. Had it. Yeah. Um, and because of the steroids you're all jacked up on steroids
1: yay Um, (laughs) so like
0: when I was inpatient the nupogen didn't cause as nearly as much pain so I think it's just that first time and your body's really trying to do the good work of producing the stem cells and so that's where I just kept trying to be grateful for
1: I can't remember if Anna took the pain meds or not I can't what the name of it was
0: a lot of people do, and you know it is what it is. And I just, uh, I have a really high tolerance for pain.
1: So do I. Um, I don't like be being in pain. No,
0: <laughs> nobody does.
1: But you'll. But be I'm fine. also not. I don't have the. Um, I don't have that addictive um, trait. I should say. Number one, I don't like feeling high. No. I freaking hate it. It freaks me out. So. Okay. So heating blanket. Cause I was about to buy a couple heating pads and I'm like, no, I think I'm going to do the heating blanket. So I'll yeah, do the heating just, blanket and yeah, walk.
0: Electric blanket and walk or g- get up there and ride the bike because not all the, like when you get up to that gym level, if you don't like heights or.
1: Oh, I'm fine with heights. Okay. I think it's pretty.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well then you'll enjoy the gym up there.
1: Mm-hmm. So it'll all come together. It will. I have faith. All good.
0: And it'll carry you through.
1: Exactly. Thank
0: you so much for sharing your story And for being a part of this family It's just great that you're inspiring others along the way And you're not even to Chicago yet
1: No (laughs) I feel like I'm going to blink and it's going to be here tomorrow
0: It will, it'll come before you know it And you'll be there before you know it And we'll all be here supporting you and cheering you on um, And ready to talk again someday when you're home
1: Oh, I can't wait.
0: Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Alletshauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Take a moment to leave a review because your feedback will help to develop even better episodes and your ratings will help other people find the show. Tune in next Wednesday for a brand new episode, highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind, be well.